I disagree. I disagree. I disagree with both those options. Actually, here's what, what? I'll say. Why are you? What? Why are you? Why are you I'll saying? I'll figure it away. Welcome back, everybody, to the Targeting Podcast. Yes, sir. Boys, how are we doing this week? Doing wonderful. Glad to doing great, man. I'm doing great myself, but I have to say some pretty tragic news in the, uh, in the sports world, especially yeah. the, uh, the basketball world. Uh, Terrence Clark played at Kentucky. Um, but even beyond that, just a, a, just a great kid, 19 year old kid tragically passed away in a car accident. Um, I don't even know what words to even say because it's just so horrible, really, really terrible, terrible news. Fortunately, they do have a memorial out here at, at, uh, on campus here at UK, but, Oh my God! Just about to get his chance in the, at the league. It was definitely going to be a, he a, just signed a draft Sorry. pick. He just signed with an agent. He de- declared for the draft. Was going to go in the first two rounds for sure. Oh man, really, really tragic stuff. You absolutely hate to see Can, that. Nineteen years old. Can Bo- Bo- John take it away? Boston native too, and I, I saw a lot of people post. A lot of people got pictures with him. Like that dude was not shying away from people like a, a lot of people had images i know justin you met him briefly so i mean yeah, he was, he had, at a panda he was, express he was our age jerry he was our age yeah, 19 very young um and uh just sad prayers out to him and his family justin do you know if uh what was the environment like on camp uh on campus when uh so it's actually it hasn't been all that different today but they did set up a memorial with like a picture of him and like some flowers and stuff and left left room on the sidewalk there for everybody else to to put flowers and stuff like that and cards and and whatnot but which uh, i'm glad to see that but yeah definitely uh like you said though a a lot a lot of nba players knew him personally he he was i mean he was just a super he everybody says that the way he just lit up a room when he went into it I mean, he's just a great kid that's gone way too soon. So terrible, terrible news there. But let me just let me just we, we can move on. Just uh, real quickly say, it's it, it's terrible. It's saddening. There's not many words you can use for it. But the only thing you can take away from it is you just you know honestly, you gotta have no regrets in life. You just gotta live your life, live each day as if it's your last. And honestly, the impression he left. Goes without saying. Yeah. You know, you lit up a room. You know, again, I'm not saying I want to, but if I had to go today, I, that's the last thing I would want someone to say is I lit up the room. Something, you know, you know, you always want a good impression when you end it, and he had it. You know, you yep. saw it. So, well said. Yep. Prayer, May prayer he rest go. in paradise. Yep. Prayers go out to him and his family. Um, and uh, we'll we'll get started on that note. I like so. that. Rest in paradise. I like that. No more peace shit. I like that. Paradise. <laughs> paradise. And we'll uh, we'll start with player of the week. So. Um, John, do you want to go with your player of the week first? We'll go. With I'll kick it up. I'll kick it off with uh, Campbell Walker on the big win against the Suns, and I'm going to use him because you know, again, I don't see him have these types of nights all the time. He's just a little more inconsistent with his age, and you know, you obviously got to shuffle the ball around with JT and JB. But I like it when Kemba steps up there as the veteran guy leading the team, and and even when they get a win, even though it's a low, it was a somewhat low scoring game, I like when you get a win against the big Suns team that's second in the West, I think, still. And uh, yep. we just need these wins. We need these wins against those Western teams because that doesn't – it'll hurt us, but we can get those teams, those wins, that'll help us in the end because the bigger games are coming up against the Eastern teams. And, I mean, we got those – obviously, we got one going on right now, and it ain't looking too good. I'm looking at the score. It's 94-79 with 10 minutes left. And they just yeah, keep pulling away the I mean, 
what one of the best wins of the year for sure for the Celtics and Kemba that was his, that tied his season high at, at 32 there and like you said I mean that's just a huge win winning against a, uh, one of the better teams and one of the best teams in the league we're 0 3 against Philly we're 0 3 against Brooklyn we're we're 0 2 against the Jazz we don't win those big games that we need to and that was that was a huge win for sure in in blowout fashion to say the least so yeah, yeah. huge win huge win yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I think the it's good to see the Celtics winning again. Um, and I think guys like like you know Kemba are gonna need to step up if we want to continue that. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Good good player of the week, John. Um, I'll go with mine. Mine was uh, Bradley Beal. Um, we we give him credit on this podcast, but I don't think he gives. I don't think he gets enough credit in the the NBA world, the NBA community. Uh, the man hasn't been putting up forty, but. Uh, people sleep on the fact that he's still averaging 31 points a game. Um, he's averaged 30 his last 10, like almost 30, like 29.5. Um, and the man's still balling out, but I think half, uh, I think, I think it's 50, 50, one, uh, one side of it is, you know, he's not putting up 40. So it's kind of like, you know, the heat's kind of dialed down. And I think Russell Westbrook is playing a little better. So I don't think he's getting a lot of the attention just because Russ is playing the way he's playing. They're connecting out there. Yeah. So, but nonetheless, Bradley Beal is a guy that, you know, is going to make your team better and he's playing great. And the Wizards right now are sitting at 10 and normally we would, wouldn't um, care about that, but you know, that's going to be big for uh, come playoff time. Um, so it, it's interesting. But, Definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they've won six in a row now. And like you just said, for the first time all year, they have, gotten into that 10 spot which means they'd be sitting in the in the, uh, in the playing tournament that's the first time they've reached 10 all year they've been 11 to 15 the whole year so that is huge for them and like you said Beal is still balling but having Russ actually playing up to his caliber and uh, Russell Westbrook actually averaging 22 11 and 11 this year on the whole season that is remarkable I, it seems else. like it's so crazy that's the quietest stat line you'll ever hear but I mean, that's incredible. He's averaging that that type of triple double, and he's he is playing really well now. And the Wizards looking much better. They're getting more healthy. They're starting to look much better. I would not want to play them in the play-in tournament. I'll say that. What I will say is now you're getting a team that has momentum. You got six games. You really have nothing to lose necessarily because you know you had a shit season to beginning off with. You're finishing strong. You got. I was just looking at their schedule. You got four big games that. If you win half of those, because they're against teams that you would never expect them to beat. The Bucks, they got the Hawks twice, and they got um, the Lakers. You know, those are teams that, you know, are going to, in your mind, when you, again, watch that and look at those, you know, those numbers, are going to probably beat them. If they win half those, those are two games that automatically bring those Hawks down. I'm just going to say the Hawks are probably the more beatable of those four teams. Bring the Hawks down, bring the wizards up and again like you said that's a playing team russ's stat line honestly surprising me you know again i'm not a big russ guy and this whole season it was a little, little bit of a letdown with him you know scoring so much and not really producing with the team but now i can't argue with results six wins in a row going on seven it looks like as the game is playing tonight um you can't argue with the facts you can't argue with the numbers and i think we finally got what we hoped for with Russ and Bradley Beal connecting and the Wizards team finally shaping together. So do you guys think that the Wizards can, if they get that playing spot, can make a, a serious run at it? So I think that they could win their the win the playing tournament and get 
an eight seed, even if they finish as a 10 seed. I think they could steal that eight seed. However, if you really look at the Eastern Conference playoffs, it is a crazy, crazy year because it feels like three of the four first-round matchups in the East are locks. No matter who ends up, unless the Celtics end up, I feel like the Celtics and Hawks will end up as the 4-5 matchup, which will be a crazy competitive series, and we can talk about that later. But the one, two, and three teams being Philly, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn, they're not going to lose those first-round series. None of those three teams are. So even if, no matter if it's the Hornets or the Knicks or the or the Wizards or whoever it is that steals those seven and eight seeds or the, and that six seed, it feels like those three matchups are going to be locks, which which sucks. But I mean, it'll still be competitive basketball. However, all that being said, I think if anybody, honestly, if anybody could, Russ, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal with the the potential that Beal has to drop sixty at any moment. I mean, that team is scary. I would not want to play them, especially in the playing tournament where it's single elimination yeah. or even in a seven-game series, even if I am one of those top three seeds. That's I'll a dangerous say, series. I'll say right now off the uh, off the mark, let's just assume, you know, they snag that eight seed. They'll probably be playing the 76ers, assuming nothing changes. But again, that's up for debate, actually, because the Nets and them are actually tied yeah. up right now. But I'm just going to assume 76ers don't, don't move a muscle. You know, Nets are going to just be the Nets. Mm-hmm. If, if they honestly, if the either team, honestly, I'll go with either team. I'm, you know, again, it's a lock when you look at it on paper. Those teams are phenomenal. But again, you just can't not look at the Wizards and see that there is talent on that team just because the team wasn't producing over the whole regular season. It's a it's a clipper situation in my head. You have this perfect team, right? Specifically with the Nets in my mind, but you have a perfect, perfect team, right? Here come the Wizards if they make that eight seed. Really any team, but, you know, the Wizards are one of those that are super underdogs here. If they end up playing the Nets, now I'm, I'm putting my money on the Nets, and I'm not saying that I think there's a high chance of the Wizards beating the Nets, but it's the teams that get overconfident. It's the teams that are riddled with the injuries like we got right now with the Nets, and, you know, none of the guys are playing, you know, consistently, and they're all over the place, and they look like a Clippers team with 60 guys coming off the bench balancing all the time and it works in the regular season and i'm not saying it wouldn't work here the nets look like the fantasy team the tampa bay buccaneers everything but you just got to remember that sometimes those perfect regular season all-star teams don't always fit well and mesh well in the playoff time because playoff time is so different yeah and bradley beal has not been there that many times but he's had some series russ has had those series these guys know that they're meshing now, and those are guys that got nothing to lose at this point, so they'll go in playing like that. Plus, Russ knows KD and Kyrie basketball. They know Harden basketball, so that's a plus on that side. They at least know the game if they end up playing them. I don't think there's a heavy chance, but I just think you got to remember that, like, the same thing we said about the Jazz and the Suns. These are teams that they got so many good lineups. They got a good system going, but regular season teams don't always do well in the playoffs. It's just, especially in the NBA, you see that sometimes. Yeah. Here's what I'll say on it, and then we can we'll wrap up and we gotta hear Justin's player of the week. I think first of all, I kudos to the Wizards if they end up getting in this playoff tournament, uh, uh play-in tournament, sorry. Um, because I remember just a couple of episodes ago. Um, if you guys were watching, you know, but if you're not, go watch those episodes. Um stop right now, go and watch <laughs> that one, then come back. We were talking about where like the wizards are in trouble, like why doesn't Bradley Beal want out? Like this team is like bottom of the East. And for the fact that they're like at the 10, 10 seed right now is 
pretty remarkable. I think they will win that play-in tournament. I don't think they have a shot of getting any farther. And I think that goes for, like Justin was kind of saying, any team that wins that play-in tournament. I don't think any team that gets it win, that gets through that play-in tournament is going to reasonably, because the disparity from the one to like that 10 is huge. That margin is huge. It feels like in the West, it's a little bit tighter. Like the, the uh, like, Yeah, I definitely like, agree with that. As it goes down, it's kind of like a tight, like it's not, maybe the records don't show it, but it's definitely like skill-wise. Talent yeah, talent, skill, the, relatively same. One through four and five through eight or five through 10, completely different. And so I think even if the Wizards do get past in this playing tournament, considering that they get in, I still think kind of what Justin was saying and uh, John was saying, I, I don't think they get past Bucks, Sixers, whoever they face. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, Justin, who was your player of the week? Uh, uh, my player of the week was somebody that has earned the, to earn to be player of the week, probably the past three straight weeks, but finally, uh, I'm coming around to, to giving it to him. And it was, there's no reason I didn't give it to him before, but it's about time that Steph Curry, uh, gets one. And I, I mean, if you, if you have any idea of the, about the NBA right now, if you're watching this podcast, you obviously do. So Clearly, Stephen Curry is just taking over the league right now. And not to steal Terrence Ross's nickname, but he has been a human torch. And uh, there's no other way to put it. This guy is literally just roasted. He's red hot. He, this is one of the best stretches that we've ever seen in NBA history ever. The, uh, the next best I could think of would be Harden uh, a few years ago where he had 30-plus for 32 straight games the entire month of January. That was absurd. And that was probably better than this run. Um, but even so you can't, there's no sense in comparing that when you're just, you're witnessing greatness right now because Steph Curry is going ridiculously nuts. He averaged 38, six and six on this week, but it's been all month. He's been averaging 40 points. I mean, he is, he's knocking down 10 threes a night easily. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. And uh, my best advice to any NBA fans out there is just don't take this man for granted. Do not take his greatness for granted because there is no guarantee that this will continue even tomorrow. Who knows? He goes down with an injury. He even, it's just this type of play is, is just remarkable. And he has been ridiculously good. It, it's really crazy how good he is. I, I think. So when we fit, we faced him. Celtics played the Warriors. That like, was this week. That okay. was this that weekend. Was this week. So he had 47. Two yeah. or three games ago. So, yeah. yeah. So I was watching that game and it was remarkable because I, I think – so we got up, and then Curry just comes down like corner. Do you remember that play? Comes down corner and hucks it up, and then it, it's all of a sudden the game again. Like the Celtics were like, oh, game over. Like it's fine. And then he all of a sudden made it like a, a one-possession game again, I believe. Um, so this man is just crazy. Um, quite honestly, he deserves player of the week every week, but we can't give it to him. Exactly. But, he does. But – the man just can't be stopped. He's an automatic bucket. Um, even when he's not, which I respect about his game, even when he's not putting up, like when he's missing shots, he still seems to put up a decent amount of points. Um, and it's just unfortunate that he's on a team that can't really help him. But um, yeah, I mean, he's still. You gotta also remember the Warriors are sitting at 10 seed as well. Playing yeah. into, they're almost yeah. in a playoff picture as well. They're not, they're, they're, yeah. they're close to an eight seed yeah. with the other teams. Um, another thing yeah. I want to bring up, not to go off of Steph, obviously, but um, just something that 
I don't know how none of us mentioned it, and I'm just disappointed in all of us. But the Wizards are not the team with the longest streak right now. Longest. The Knicks. I wish we'll talk about the, the Knicks. Knicks. I know. I we just will definitely get into that. The Knicks are at a eight winning streak. And let me just say, Knicks are our last game. We're also going to get into, into the Celtics because we do have a couple big games coming up, obviously, in the yeah. future that are in this that are in these uh, standings here. That if we lose them, that'll definitely hurt and help those teams. But the Knicks are the one team that I feel like we just got to beat because that just shows if we can play against that talent. They're a team that, although they're a four seed and they're close with us, just are been playing unbelievable. Julius, you know, we just yeah, we will definitely that. we will definitely talk about the Knicks. Do not worry about that. Um, yeah, no, just just to go back real quick, uh, I did have I have a I have a question. So you mentioned that. We were just talking about stuff, and like he's literally taking this lottery team. He's he is literally putting a lottery team on his back and taking them to most likely, hopefully, knock on wood, a play in appearance, if not a playoff appearance. Yeah. But I mean, can this man win MVP? What do you got? Like, do you think he has a legit chance at MVP? And I will say that at the moment, he has a like. If you look at um, the actual like percentage chances of, of who's going to win MVP and stuff, Steph Curry is at zero. So the the league does not think he has a chance at it. And looking at like as a, as a fan watching the game, I don't understand how he couldn't be. You're talking about the the award is called the most valuable player. There is no person in the entire league that is more valuable to their team than Stephen Curry. I know I don't even want to hear about. I I, I honestly would say more so than LeBron at this moment. The way he is playing, uh, this guy is the most valuable player. No doubt in my mind, and it's crazy to me that he's not even on the leaderboard. Let me just—you got to. Let me just say something, and then Johnny. It's the most valuable player on the most valuable team. John, go ahead. Thank you. I mean, um, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, let me just say, if it was the most underrated player, you know, the, the you know the the I don't even know what you would call it. You know, the underdog. You know. Like that's like a Damian. I would, I honestly, in the future, if they name it, I would call it the Damian Lillard Award. You know, because <laughs> that's how Steph is playing right now. He's playing like a Damian Lillard. Okay? No, he's playing better than Dame. Well, no, 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 no. Stop, 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 stop. Again, you're gonna again, you're gonna take my words a different meaning. I mean, he's playing the way that <laughs> he puts the team on his back and he leads the team all on his own at that point. Not that the points, the points, the the skill, very different right now. But just the 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 notion of putting the team on your back. Fair. So another thing, Justin, you got to forget is we got Jokic, we got Embiid, we got Giannis, we have, you know, God knows I think James Harden's in the picture as well. Those are the top three. It's Jokic, Embiid, Giannis right now is one, two, three. And then obviously I think Harden's sitting at four uh, somewhere in there. Oh, yeah, he's, he's been out for close. a while now, though. But I he's been out. But let me just, let me just say, Justin, MVP, you know, Steph deserves MVP every season. He always has a great season. He always plays phenomenal basketball. He always has a little slumps here and there, but he always picks it up and he always brings the team in. And he's just a guy that plays great basketball year in, year out. But again, the way Jerry said it, most valuable player on the most valuable team. You don't see MVP going to Bradley Beal. Unfortunately, if you could give it to Bradley Beal, if you could give it to Russell Westbrook, you would give it to them because the way that they put up the triple doubles, the way they put up the 60-point games, you would – you would like who wouldn't want to give it a Bradley Beal? We wanted to give Bradley Beal an All Star, and he just made it. He just made that because again, the NBA works on a 
team and player basis. If the team sucks and the player is good, that means nothing. That does nothing for you. They want a player who works so, well. In so the, here's in the, why. Here, here's why I feel differently about this than Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal's crazy numbers are incredible. But the way Stephen Curry is doing it, Bradley Beal never made a playoff appearance on his own, even though he was putting up those crazy numbers. And I'm not saying Steph Curry is there yet either. And I'm not saying, and this is a different year where you didn't have to reach the eight seed. He has to only reach the 10 seed. Right. So I understand that that's different. But he is now overtaken Bradley Beal and leads the league in points per game at 31 and a half. And Beal's at 31. He leads the league in, the, in, in points per game. And is shooting the ball more efficiently than he did in his unanimous MVP season in 2016. Or 15 or 16? Um, 15 or 16. But where he was 50, 40, 90. He's more efficient than that now on a team where he is the most swarmed, the most covered guy in the entire league, without a doubt. The the defense he faces, no other player in the entire league sees. Yeah, he gets, yeah. I, I, I just, I don't, I don't know what makes it. Why is this any different? I, I get that they were a one seed that year. I get that they're winning way more, but he, this is a lottery team that he's going to backpack to a playoff appearance, shooting 50, 40, 90, averaging 31 and a half, getting tripled from the first minute of the game to the 48th and winning basketball games. I, I don't understand how anybody could possibly now, do Justin, more of let that. Me, let me just say, go ahead, John. I was just going to say, Justin, I see your points. I see your points. You have convinced me, right? I think he should be in that playoff picture. I, I mean, that playoff picture, that playoff picture and that MVP picture. By the way, the style of the game, the, the things that he brings to the court that aren't just, you know, skill-wise, I agree with you. But I'm also just telling you, by definition, how the NBA looks at this. And unfortunately, the NBA looks at this in a very, very conservative way. They don't look at this as open to anybody who has a phenomenal season because there are a lot of guys that honestly should be in that MVP picture that aren't even close to it because of the caliber of basketball that the NBA pulls for that team to have to reach. And unfortunately, I disagree with it. It's the same thing with the all-star game. I think the NBA is one of those leagues that does it a little differently than some leagues. I mean, again, you can see Connor McDavid winning, you know, that MVP or not the MVP, but um, God, I'm going to forget the trophy off the top of my head and he could be on a losing team. You know what I mean? The NHL works a little differently. You know, all these leagues work a little differently. And unfortunately I, I dislike how the NBA works because it just, you know, I agree with you. He is having an unbelievable season. And I'm sure many people that are watching the pod, many people who maybe don't follow the Warriors basketball as much as you do, Justin, and us, don't realize, you know, because they just see the losses and the wins. They don't see Steph Curry on the game center box score, and they don't see those points there. And unfortunately, that's where you have to go. And the NBA doesn't dig that deep sometimes. The NBA just looks at what are the top scores week in, week out on ESPN and What's the team that has that highest record? That's what I think. I disagree with it. So I'm on your side here, but it's just. What do you think, Jared? Uh, you make a great point. You make a great case, um, as always. I. It's hard to. It's just like. You want to overlook the the um, the wins because it seems so like petty. Like that someone could like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, oh, well, just because this team has more wins means we're going to look at a completely different list of players than we would if it was just about, you know, basically how good the player was. Um, seems petty. But unfortunately, I think that's just how the league is structured. I don't um, think it'll change. That's my opinion. I don't think it's, it's not. Gonna it's not going to change. I uh, The whole thought process on the league is probably 
if he was really, really that good, then he would be leading them to a higher seed. And that's how they view it. And I know it's not something that, you know, you would like to see, but at the end of the day, that's what they're thinking. Also, Bradley Beal technically is in a scenario where he will lead his team to the playoffs. So in this, you got to look at efficiency as well, but I know I agreed, but I'm just pointing that out. Um, Do I think he deserves MVP? Yeah. I, the man just plays unbelievable every, almost every single night, even if he He obviously definitely deserves first team or second team for sure. Yeah. Yeah. His, his off night, his off night is a better than a lot of people's career nights, but I just think that's a great way to put it. Since that is, since it's only a 10 seed, like even if I think if he was a, if he got his team and I know it's different this year because the West is very competitive. So is the East. I still think that if he got his, I don't think he would need a one seed, but if he got him to like five or four, I think he'd be, it would be less than 0%. It would be a, some consideration. Um, yeah. I also think this is a special year in the sense that, and you guys might not agree with me at this point, but I think the league's also trying to give more love to the bigs. The bigs are playing well. Don't get me wrong. But just name, tell me how many bigs right now are in the MVP. <laughs> you know, they're well, all Jokic and Embiid. And Jokic and Embiid. And, uh, oh, no, I no. mean, and they're going to be one and two. One of them is going to win. They're, they're one one gonna I agree win. with you, Jerry. I'm not taking anything away from him either, especially Jokic. I mean, Embiid, too. Uh, they're both playing ridiculous, ridiculous. They're having incredible seasons. And they're both, Embiid has got the one seed. I would rather, honestly, I don't know. Actually, I'm not going to say I'd rather see say- Embiid get just because they are the one seed. And that would make, actually, make prove to me that it really is wins. That is why the, the can Steph I also Curry can't have a chance, but Jokic is. I mean, now they don't have Jamal. But I'm not okay, like I'm not taking anything away from them. There's nothing I could possibly say negative about them also, because they're Jamal both playing got, incredible. Sorry, Jamal just got the surgery. Just an update for everybody. I did see that. Yeah. yeah right, so let me, I mean, I get it. I get it. He can't. You, you can't just give it to. He's the ten seed right now, and those guys are, are going to be home court you advantage. But Jerry, let me go ahead, John. I was just going to say. Here's my thing. Again, I think. I think I'm just going to mention a stat that we brought up before. I'm going to get it a little wrong off the top of my head, but remember, what is it? Out of this decade now, right? So in the 90s, early, early thousands, there were 20 guys shooting at whatever level I think we said. Now there's, now, yeah, now there's 40 going on probably 50 soon. I mean, each year it just increases substantially, exponentially. And I think that's another thing that we have to take into account is the league is changing. Not saying in a bad way, but the league is changing. It's literally getting to a point where every team has at least two or three star players on their team because yes. the caliber of basketball is just so good. Agreed. Justin, I was gonna ask you, has it has the NBA not proved to you yet that it is about wins? Because to me, they have. I mean, if it was about the best player on the best, the best team every player year, on the best team, LeBron would have 12 MVPs. And he doesn't. So something there's every single year. It's something different. They, they get tired of giving it to the same people. That's a fact. Giannis won't win it again this year because he's won it the last two. Steph Curry's already won two. LeBron has four total. LeBron should have 12. I mean, they, they don't, there's different criteria every year. And it they just like to feels balance like it. they like to give it to the big man, the big shooter. They like to just mess it up and mix it around. That's, I don't know. I don't like, I that. mean, this feels like the year that Kobe, had averaged 36 and Steve Nash won MVP averaging 15 it's gonna be, it's and, gonna be and 11 or something. And I'm not trying to take anything away from that either. 
and I'm not and I'm not trying to compare 15 and 11 stat line to Jokic's 28 9 and 9 whatever he's at. I mean and Embiid doing the same so like you said I, I get it I understand that he can't win MVP this year and and it's just my only advice to to NBA fans out there is just watch the Golden State Warriors watch the Golden State Warriors 10 o'clock game comes on it's late whatever watch it watch them because this is a special season this is a special player and 10 years from now there won't be a Steph Curry in the league to watch. So just you want to look back knowing you took advantage you of the time where the greatest shooter, the greatest shooter of all time. You don't think there'll be uh, Steph And Curry? nobody will ever catch him. You don't think there'll be you, – you think somebody else will be able to have his talents? I think every uh, – I don't I'll think say. we'll ever see another guy like Steph. Here's what I'll say. It will work to it. I think the league Curry is wasn't changing. like this from the beginning. Let me – I just think the league is changing so much that – Davidson. I just think the league is changing so much that – Justin's right. You won't see a Steph Curry. You won't see a player with all the same skill sets, all the same caliber, uh, characteristics, everything. But you will see in the future a player who is similar to Curry and has better aspects here and there. But it's never going to be it's never going to be exactly identical. And that's just because the league changes and these players have to adapt. I mean, we talked about it. Big men now are guys who can start shooting from three at this point. That, that, that's never been seen before over the but course I can of name, on such a thing. long time. All right, All right go ahead. No, 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 can I go. can name two other people right now that I, I think are like Curry. In the league? Go ahead. Damon Trae Young, is that it? No, Harden and Clay Thompson. I disagree. I disagree. I disagree with both those options. Actually, here's what, what? I'll say. Why are you – why are you – why are you saying – I'll say it right away. Hey, I'll say it right away. Be honest. No, 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 no. I say right away. I'm going to probably speak for – James Harden, I think, is a totally different player than Steph Curry, first of all. I don't think he has I the agree. same attitude. I don't think he has the same motivative skills. I don't think he has the same, same leadership capabilities as Steph Curry, in what my opinion. Second no. of all – second of all – Clay Thompson, I think, I think you're a little closer there with Clay Thompson, but I still think you're a little far off. I personally would equate, and Justin, now I'm not saying, again, I'm just going to throw a player up there just to come back at Jerry, but I still think that's very far off. I think Damian Lillard is closer to Steph Curry than the two guys you just named, in my personal opinion. What are we talking about? Are we talking about ability? Like shooting ability? Because, I don't know. You, I mean, you're trying to – I'm sure, I'm saying, you're, so you, want, you think you – think, Steph Curry, I would say Steph Curry and Clay Thompson don't play anything alike. Not play, sure, Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson, Thompson ability. Shooting, Thompson, Jerry, shooting, shooting ability. ability. Talking about everything. Shooting ability. Shooting okay, thanks ability. for specifying. Thanks okay. for specifying. Specify play. that next right. time, please. Thank even, you. Even even so, even so, I would not say James Harden is like Steph Curry shooting wise. I, I the, no. the the way I mean James Harden is a scorer, not a shooter, and. He 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 gets most of his points at the line. He's he master he's a master of of drawing contact. He has become the, the probably the most masterful contact artist in the league. He the way he draws fouls, he takes advantage of the reps every single night, and he doesn't shoot from a limited range. I I would say that Damian Lillard. I agree with John there. I would say Damian Lillard, as far as shooting wise, is the only other player I would put in the same realm. Trey Young would be the next guy. But I would not say Harden and Clay are the same shooting wise as Steph because they aren't pulling from forty feet regularly. Clay does. Clay shoots with his toes on the line, and he's lights out from there. But it's not like he's pulling from forty feet. And, I mean, I'm, he, does, he shoots bit. from behind. And Harden, it's not like Harden's pulling up from just inside half court either. The only other guy that does that is Dame, and also, sometimes Trey. Justin brings up a good point too. Harden does get just way more physical than Steph does trying to 
call the fouls, trying to get in the paint, stepping back. He calls too many. And, Jerry, I see what you're trying to say here with the shooting ability, but you can't just say, oh, because James Harden is a good shooter and because Clay Thompson is a good shooter, then he's the same as Steph Curry because he's a good shooter. Well, yeah, what, 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 what's your side of it? Prove, what, what do you think? Yeah, is what that you what you're saying? Why, why did you bring them up? Why did you bring them up? Because you can look at the numbers and clearly see that James Harden and Steph Curry probably are averaging a close – close them out when they were playing in certain years. But I thought Justin then was we will never see a guy in the league again. Okay. Like Steph Curry in terms of shooting ability, which I disagree with. I think the game is stretching outwards. And I think besides, so Clay's, so Clay's been injured, but bring back to when Clay was not injured. Okay. He was a lights out shooter. You can't admit that You, you can't, you can't say he was not. And Harden, I agree, he draws a lot of fouls. But if you see Harden play on the perimeter, he's also lights out. He doesn't he miss. So I agree. Off of shooting ability, the, to me, that's comparable. If you're talking about players, sure, I'll agree. Damian Lillard and Trey Young. Besides that, we may never see a player like but again. again. But in terms of shooting ability, I think this is the first – of many. So here's what I, here's my rebuttal to that is shooting ability has to do with efficiency and volume. I agree. Steph Curry, Steph Curry, as far, he has had over 20, 10 plus three point game, three point made games, over 20. The next closest is Clay at five. And then the next best, there are, there are a couple of players tied at three. Zach Levine, Dame, tied at Harden, I think is also tied at three. Steph is over 20. No one has ever come close to him in history. That is what I'm talking about. The volume and efficiency that Steph shoots at, no one will ever be like that. That's my that's And Jerry, my I, think the, I think the distinction here is I took it as just a meant player. And when I hear player, I encompass everything that that player brings to the table. The efficiency, the volume, the skill set, the leadership capabilities, the competitiveness. That's not what I was talking and about. Yeah, I know. But no, I, I see say, what you're saying, Jerry. And I, definitely, and I do I see what you're saying, Jerry. I agree with you. You put these guys at the line, you know, sure, you're going to see a hell of a lot of people in the future who can step up to the line like those guys did and knock down the threes and have the same shooting percentages, maybe even better with the way the league is progressing and the way basketball is just being so fucking dominant. I mean, literally, look at these young guys that are scoring like like literally they're playing like Wayne Gretzky did when he was in a junior fucking league. I mean, you know, not to compare to hockey, but like they're playing like Will Chamberlain in their in their high school and college careers. But Basically, I see your point. When you step up to the line, you have a situation like that. Yes. But I also see. Yeah, I know. I'm not denying his ability. Oh, no, no. I know. I'm just, I see both the sides here. Efficiency and volume are. And also, Justin's just sounded so fucking smart there. He sounded like a professor. I felt like I was in class. I was sitting down. I was taking notes. (laughs) This guy sat up there, had this whole little lecture, had a little basketball experiment. I was just taken away. I agree. Sorry. And volume is the name of the game. And I agree that. Steph Curry is leaps and bounds. You can see it without even mentioning stats. Thank you for mentioning stats, but I can see it without mentioning <laughs> But no, I agree with that. I think my point that I'm trying to make is I think we're at a pinnacle of basketball where we're going to see it shift. And right now I realize he is unmatched, but I think it's just a matter of time before somebody matches him. 
I hope so. I really do. I really do hope so. And we can move on. We can move on because we've been we've been talking about him for a while, and he deserves it because we have gone a couple episodes without talking about him. And as you said, he could be player of the week every week. But um, you know, the way he just effortlessly effortlessly drops ten threes in on a nightly basis is is impossible. I agree. It is. It's, it's it something is crazy. Something we haven't seen. I just think that we're reaching kind of a pinnacle here, and I think I think it will evolve. But I mean, yeah. Well, we can we can talk about the uh, the the Knicks now that you already mentioned it a little bit, John. But the Knicks have won eight in a row, and New York Knicks basketball is back. The Mecca. They're playing unbelievable. They I I did get to watch almost a full game of um of the Knicks the other night. For I haven't as good as they've been. I actually I have to admit that I hadn't seen a ton of Knicks basketball. But yeah. I tuned in and they were it was, a, the, the it was an overtime game that they won against Atlanta, which Trey Young actually got injured in. But fortunately, it's just a minor sprain. So he'll be all right. He'll be back soon. But they look unbelievable. And I, well, I've caught some of the end of some of their games, but they look really, really good. They're really deep and they play so much as a unit. They play so together. It's cool to watch and they are good. Well, I wanted to mention, I knew the Knicks were going to make it. I'm not going to say I knew the Knicks made a comeback, but I... I'm not so I'm not going to say I was going to predict that, but I just think it was a matter of time before the Knicks became, you know, the Knicks again. Um, I'll be totally honest. Did not see Julius Randall being the center that the Knicks were going to build around. Did not see that. I like it. I love it. I think Ju- I like Julius Randall. He's a great player. Um, I just think when I think of New York, New York, I mean, New York Knicks basketball, I think of Carmelo. I think of someone like LeBron going there or Steph going there. Big name, a big players, name. Yeah. big name players going there. Um, I like this better, though. You build around. Whoa, 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 whoa. But the whole thing about the Knicks, though, in the last decade is that they haven't got any big name to go there. So you're saying, right, like, but, in an right, ideal world, they I'm saying, like, the I'm, wait, here's what I'm saying, because clearly you're just mistaking everything I'm saying tonight. All right, all right. Here's what I'm saying. All right, all right. All right. Oh, oh, oh. Here's what I'm saying. When Nick basketball was going to come back, when it was going to be good again, I envisioned a star them. player coming to New York. So you envision them picking gotcha. up the big name that they always missed out on. I agree. No, yes. I agree okay. that they have not done that. They give away all their players. They could have done it with Chris Dapps. Nope, shift them out. They've done it like with a bunch of players. But I imagined when they came back, that there would be a player, a big name player that would go to New York and change change the organization. All right, I, I see. I see your expect, point. I did not expect someone like Julius Randle, who's historically been kind of like he's just been a player that's been keep kept improving the league. He wasn't always, you know, the first option. Right. Didn't expect someone like that to change the whole thing around. Obviously, R.J. Barrett's playing playing well. They got a couple other guys playing well. But I didn't see that happening. I mean, the next streak yeah. again started after they uh, lost to the to the Celtics by a very close game. So again, Celtics certainly know how to play this team. They certainly know how to beat this team. And that's another thing that I want to bring up is that this team is not easy to play. Again, they you know they beat the Lakers. Again, it's not you know exactly the Lakers, but they beat the Lakers. They beat the Hawks. They beat the Hornets. Who you know, are teams that we've had to play. We had to play the Lakers very recently, and we beat them. We're going to have to play the Hawks and the Hornets. They're, I think we they're, got they're winning game. the games they need to win. They're yeah. winning the games that they need to win, and that helps them because you beat the Hornets, you beat the, the Hawks. That lifts you up in the standings because those teams are now falling down, and that's why the Knicks are now at the fourth seat. And the Celtics got to uh, – again, I'm just going to relate it back to the Celtics because that's what we're mainly doing here. Um, 
we just got to capitalize on games that we have to win. And we have to win them all, really, ideally. But the Celtics just got to learn that we can't gas ourselves. And I'm going to relate it to the Bruins. You can't gas yourselves even if you're having back-to-back games. You just got to know which games you got to win at the end of the day. You got to think about it smart. Yeah, I think the the craziest thing about the Knicks when I do get to watch them is it really is the exact opposite. You mentioned the Celtics. It's the exact opposite of what the Celtics do. We are playing uh, – the ball movement has gotten much better. If we've been winning lately, it's been much, much better to watch. We're moving the ball better. We're playing better defense. But at the same time, it's still a lot of ISO. You can't say it isn't. It's Jason's turn, then it's Jalen's turn, then it's Kemba's turn. Often that's how, away, that's how our offense goes. And, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's also not necessarily the best. And the Knicks just are the exact opposite. It's just such – it's just – they're just a team, and it's it's – Guys like Reggie Bullock and Alec Burks that you would think their careers were over are are playing really well for them. You got you got young guys, Emmanuel quickly, RJ Barrett, Obi Top. These guys are are playing well. You got Julius Randle obviously being the centerpiece of it all. And not only is he he's he's scoring and rebounding the ball like he always has his whole career, he's shooting over 40% from three at a high clip. In that game, he was like six of seven from three against the Hawks the other night. That's absurd. He's also yeah facilitating he's playmaking he's averaging over six assists this guy's doing everything for them they did have Mitchell Robinson go down which sucks but Nerlens Noel has played really well in his absence and this team is just well-rounded they play good D they're play. they play together the question comes down to and then I'll pass it along to Jerry the question comes down to Justin is and again I'll compare the Knicks and the Suss because I just feel like these are two teams that you know you always look at um and I feel like I've been looking at these two teams this whole entire season because I just the Knicks and the Celtics have always been fighting for that top, top seed right now. I feel like they keep going up and down. It You got to look at efficiency. I think that's the key word here entirely with, with this NBA Eastern Conference as well is efficiency. Which of these teams is being most efficient? Which of these teams is moving the ball right? And you brought up the ISO situation. Which of these teams is using the talent they have in the correct way? And that's something that the Nets had to learn, and they finally did. Uh, and they're still learning it, and that's just something that every team's got to balance out. Unfortunately, the Celtics, for some reason, fell into a little bit of a slump this season and just didn't know how to efficiently handle the situation that they were given. Um, We got some new pieces. We got Fournier and everything, and we're now trying to efficiently build around that. Um, And that's just another thing off the top of my head that I think of, and I won't, you know, we'll get into another point, but the whole Marcus Smart and Fournier situation. Which one is most efficient? Which one is going to benefit our team? Who's been in the system? Who knows the system? But again, my key word for just this entire year of basketball is just efficiency. Which team wants it more? Which team does it the right way? Yeah, I think it's the reason I think the Knicks are good this year is because they have a lot of players, like Justin said, that they thought their career ever, not that they thought, but a lot of people. They thought their careers were over. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) A lot of people thought their careers were over. And I think when you're not, I kind of mentioned it when I was talking about the tournament uh, a couple of weeks back, like when they got nothing to lose, I mean, that's a dangerous team. I don't think anyone on the Knicks roster views themselves as like the guy. And I think that's even like Julius, a guy like Julius Randle, because Julius Randle, let's face it, it's never been the guy. Um, so I think when you have a team like that, like Reggie Bullock, a lot of, B list, C list names that are like not like that good in the league on another roster. You might have them as like you, they might not even be starters. Um, but together, you know, they realize their role. They're just kind of a, another piece to the puzzle and they make it work. I think the, th- the problem with the Celtics, and we've said this all year round, is we expect two or three guys 
to lead the team to a win. And when you do that, that leads to a lot of ISO ball. Not everyone gets involved. And then if they're not producing, then nothing's really happening. So, yeah, I think the reason why it's working for the Knicks is because I think no one's really expecting anything out of them. It's like Julius Randle, Reggie Bullock, Emmanuel Quickly. You know, I just realized I didn't even mention Derek Rose, who's been a huge piece, a huge acquisition for them yeah. midway through the year, bringing in D Rose, especially to, to mentor Emmanuel Quickly, who is Emmanuel Quickly has been the surprise of the year for everybody. I can, yeah. I think, I mean, he has been playing really, really well for a guy that was a late first round pick. Definitely. But yeah, again, they're just looking to improve. I think the Celtics feel like that their ceiling is here and that they need to make something happen. And I think when that happens, like you have a lot of pressure. Um, and I, I just don't think they've lived up to it this season, but whereas the Knicks, you know, they have nothing to lose. You know, they've historically been a poor organization. You got a guy like Julius Randle that improved a lot. RJ Barrett's still trying to prove himself, prove himself. A lot of these other guys are trying to prove themselves. So I just think it's a nothing. You got nothing to lose situation. So that's why you're playing well. But I think I it's think really it's, important for them to get a four or five seed as well. For the reasons we mentioned earlier in this podcast, where if you're a six through eight, you have to face a one, one of those top three in the East in the first round win. and you won't win. So I, I think it's really important for them to grab a four or five. I think it's important it, for the Celtics too. We need to play. I, them. It is. It is. I, I think the Knicks are capable of that. I think it will be interesting as the season goes on to see how competitive that gets. Because it's the Celtics, the Hawks, and the Knicks. One of them can't be the four. One of them's gonna have to be six. And I, I hope it's not the Celtics. I really do. I'll yeah. say right now, just you know, I mean, a quick news update. Now the Nets have solidified being the one seed with the Celtics losing, um, and that's unfortunate. Another big thing is. The Celtics don't play the Hawks again, so that, there's no way for us to possibly knock the, the Hawks down. I think the Knicks do play them one more time, so the Knicks can. And another big thing is just we need to win against some big teams like the Heat, the Bulls. We need to play against those teams because those teams are even capable of trying to snag a C from us if they win and beat us twice. It's just one of those situations. Another quick thing yeah. I want to say is that I don't want to beat the team, and we have been the team this season where – Right now, it is the Thunder who have a 12-game losing streak. 12-game losing streak. I don't want they to don't have Shea anymore. Shea goes I know, but I don't want to be so that team is not looking good. I don't want to be the team that loses to the Thunder and the Thunder have a night and they get their first win in fucking 15, 16 games. I don't want to be that team because I'll tell you right now, if that happens, I swear to fucking God, say goodbye, sayonara. We're playing the ne- the Nets of the fucking 76 and we're getting our ass raped. Just gaped open. We're just losing. We're losing. And I'm sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired of it. Dude, tell you what, that felt like the the Sacramento Kings and the Detroit Pistons for no fucking goddamn reason. (laughs) Yeah. When we lost we lost to the Bulls this week without Zach Levine, it felt like that type of loss. It was like, Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) I was like, (laughs) But I'm just fed up with the. Yeah. I'm just fed up with it. Like Celtics, we play against the team. Like you know, we play against these teams. Oh my God, we beat the Suns, and then we go up against the Sacramento Kings, and we just go out there and just play schoolyard basketball. What the absolute fucking shit! Like these are teams that we just we can beat them. You look at paper. I swear to God, if you had this as a practice squad, we'd kill their ass in practice. We'd kill their ass in a scrimmage. Like I just don't understand what it is. And it's, it's something that's in the locker room. And I'm not saying that there's a problem in the locker room, but I'm saying it's just, it's a motivational factor. It's not, you know, it's not on anybody specifically. It's just Stevens, you know, the assistant coaches, the team have to just come together towards the end of this season. That's it. It's just the next step. We can't take that next step. Like we, we're, we're literally, 
we've walked up the stairs a little bit. We see the door, but we can't get there. And oh, your dad went for milk and you can't even fucking get <laughs> off your ass and get and off the couch. I just think that we're, we're right there, but there's another step we need to take. I don't know if we need to add another guy. I think we need another big, but I don't even know if we need to add another guy or if we need to just start playing better as a team. But there's another a little bit of both. A little bit of both. There's another step we need to take in order to get that get there. And quite honestly, I'll, I don't know about you guys. And then we, we should move on. Uh, touch a little bit on NFL before we wrap up. Um, or if Justin's got more to say, we can go. Yeah, on no, that. no, yeah. But shit, I forgot what I was gonna say. There you go. And the last <laughs> thing, and there it is. There it is. You wonder why your dad doesn't come back for some, you know, taking that last But it's just on everybody. Look, I remember. I remember. Get I remember. In your head. They don't know, you know, fuck I remember. Head. I remember. So I don't know about you guys, but I'm just glad that we're we're now in the playoff picture. It's not really not gonna I mean we we still we still got a little bit to go, but I'm glad we're in the playoff solidified in the playoff picture now. Um so, yeah. One game away from the play-in, though. We're only in the 60s. So. I realize. The Celtics, the Celtics <laughs> are stressing me out so much, and I got such long hair. I'm shedding. I'm shedding because I'm so stressed. I'm fucking shedding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's I guess the only other uh, the only other team that I would want to talk about is just it's it's beyond me that the New Orleans Pelicans, New Orleans Pelicans aren't better because Zion is putting up ridiculous ridiculous numbers and i i just the way he dominates the game and he literally he's shooting over 60 percent from the field like it's just ridiculous he's so he just feasts in the paint all night every night and yet they're still terrible and they just choke every single game they they're in a lot of games and then throw them away every single time and i just you know and my biggest problem with them is that they are well below average but almost near bottom of the league as far as like defensive rating, they're one of the worst defenses in the league. And you're telling me a lineup of Lonzo Ball, Eric Bledsoe, Zion Williamson, Steven Adams, and Brandon Ingram shouldn't be a good defensive team. Are you kidding me? Zion has defensive player of the year potential. Steven Adams is one of the best, is a great defending big. Eric Bledsoe has been on defensive teams. Lonzo Ball is known for his good perimeter defense as a point guard. Like why is this team? Brandon Ingram's got all the length in the world. They call him freaking Slenderman. Why is this team bad defensively? I can't imagine why Again, that happens. I'm just going to say, I think the most threes in the league. Like, what is the what is the Justin, wrong with that? It comes down to again, this team's just got to mold together. Like, Bi can obviously get the length and the reach, and he can just obviously get to that that perimeter blocking. Um, and I think it just comes down to it that the team has to mesh together because you can have the perimeter blocking, you can have Zion in the paint, you can have any situation you want. You can have all these great guys and all this great talent, but again, I just don't see the Pelicans meshing this season. I don't think I saw it at all, and I just think it has to take some time. I think next season you come into it, and if they aren't meshing, they're going to have to make some changes because clearly if it doesn't work after two seasons with a lineup like that, you got to get rid of somebody. Um and you're going to have to change up and maybe get a better shooter. I don't know what it is because you have to produce on offense and defense. And it seems like they can produce one way and they can't do it in the second in the second half. You know what I'm saying? In that second scenario. Yeah. Yeah. The only way I thought they were going to be good this year is if they really leaned into having that defensive identity. And because their backcourt is Lonzo and Bledsoe and it's not working, that backcourt is turned out terribly. They need it. That's just not working. They don't have any defensive identity, never mind that being their identity. And I just – it's just not working. I don't know if you have any thoughts, Jay, but um, 
yeah, it's just not working. <laughs> I, I just think the only thing I'll add to that is I think the reason their defense is not as great as it can be is because they don't have the guy to defend the best player on an opposing team. A lot of teams have one guy that like the Celtics that will go to Marcus Smart or Jason Tatum. That that's the guy that you put on like a LeBron or Devin Booker when they come into town, like, yep, you have him for the night. Don't leave him. Try to make sure he gets his least, least amount of touches as possible. Um, I think the Pelicans, like you said, Justin, they've got a lot of guys that have great defensive qualities, but when it comes down to guarding a player like Devin Booker or a player like Steph Curry or anybody in that Western conference, let, let alone the Eastern, um, I just don't think they have it. And I think that's why their defensive rating is as low as it is, is because they don't have the guy to defend, you know, Steph Curry or um, Devin Booker or someone, like, someone of that nature. So I think that's why it, that's, that's my thoughts on it. Um, yeah. But it that's is a good point, but it is admirable. It is admirable how close they're getting. I mean, this is, I didn't expect much from this team this year. Um, and the numbers Zion's putting up are impressive. Um, so, I mean, kudos to them for even staying relevant, in my opinion. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I guess the last thing, well, before we wrap up here, is uh, that the – well, well, we will move over to NFL, I guess, and uh, talk about the Chiefs making a huge acquisition today. Really the only NFL news on the week. But after losing Eric Fisher this year, they had a huge hole in their offensive line and they just solved it in a huge way. Bring in Orlando Brown. who's only 24 years old. He's been a pro bowler the last two years. I mean, this guy, he's the future now for their offensive line and it's and a huge, huge piece. For I, didn't have, like, front of Patrick Mahomes. I didn't like obviously the dropping Eric Fisher scenario because, you know, he didn't even get the, yeah, I didn't out. really understand it until he was now. I the, do understand it. <laughs> and I do understand it now. I think I'm going to equate that, to exactly what happened with the Pats, and it was Nate Solder. You know, got rid of him, went to the Giants. You know, it was unfortunate. He'd been a veteran for us for God knows how many years, and uh, he's made he made the Pro Bowl a number of times. I think um, he had a couple good seasons. I think off the top of my head, if I remember, if not, he had Pro Bowl like seasons. But there were just so many good guards in that league. Um, it, actually, he was a tackle, but still beyond the point. It's an important thing that I think the Chiefs are recognizing. You got a young Mahomes. You want a young guy who's able to move too, especially when Mahomes is going to be a running mobile quarterback. You need to have that's another thing that's changing. I think we got to recognize too. How many times now do we see that the offensive linemen gotta be, you know, they still gotta be big, but they still gotta be somewhat quick. I mean, Jesus Christ, we saw the the what's his name that went to Tampa Bay. He could jump out of the pool and clear the whole entire thing. You know, they gotta be mobile. They gotta be mobile and works. Yeah. Yeah. They gotta be mobile to block and I think that's what the Pats did, especially when Belichick found out when he got Isaiah Wynn. You know, you try to get a young guy who's mobile, who's fast, who's been in a good system, and getting Orlando Brown, now two-time pro bowler, that's huge for them. That solidifies the line on one side. They already have a pretty good line. It, You know, the line was the problem in the Super Bowl because Eric Fisher wasn't there, and I think they had another injury. That was the problem. That's the only, that's the only hole in their offense that they could possibly have that I think we were looking at besides Mahomes being injured. And now that you solidify that, there's no reason Mahomes can't play Mahomes, you know, football. He's just going to ball out, literally. Um, and I think it's just yeah. smart on Andy Reid. I think he's just – again, that's something that I think Andy Reid um, 
was being smart about is I think a lot of teams forget you got to have a good offensive line. Like I would honestly, you got to protect your quarterback first. You got to have options, obviously, but with a guy like Mahomes, if you don't protect him, there's no way, you know, again, Mahomes can get out of that pocket, but that Super Bowl we saw, if you don't protect him against a team like that Tampa Bay defense, there's no way he's going to find the options because the defense will cover those options and Mahomes will make these dazzling throws that go where? Nowhere. Right through their hands, hit their helmet, you know, and that was the problem, I think, that we saw in the Super Bowl, and I'm I'm glad that this happened, the signing. I'm, I'm you know, fucking ranting yeah. now, but it's I'm, just a- I'm I'm glad it happened. I don't think the Chiefs are going to go into this season without replacing Eric Fisher. It's a good. Not expect Orlando Brown pickup, but I don't think they were going to go in. I don't hate it. I don't. I don't. I don't think they were going to go in without you know reestablishing because that's in my in my hopefully all of our opinions. One of the main reasons why they lost the Super Bowl was because they did not. Yeah. I would blame ninety. I would blame honestly about eighty-five percent of the Super Bowl loss on that, and maybe the next ten to fifteen percent on just coaching. Yeah, nothing on Mahomes, and honestly, some of that actually was on the uh, receivers as well. It was just offensively yeah. terrible. Yeah. It was just offense. Yeah. So yeah, I, 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 it's, it's a little surprising about the player, but the move in general, not that surprising because I don't think. It, unless they didn't want to be competitive for some reason, which obviously, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, unless they just agree. wanted to suck. <laughs> but um, you want uh, you, yeah. you want to call it there? Uh, well, we'll call we, it there because we, we're we can at wrap the it up. Mark. We're at the hour mark. Like so if you made it this far, please like and subscribe, and we appreciate it. Uh, boys, it was nice talking to you this week. It was an honor and a pleasure, boys. Talk to you guys. Real boys. Peace. Peace.